Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of the Clear Mind Fitness Podcast, episode number five of season four. Hey, let's go. I love it. 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 I'm glad to be back. This is another week, man. This is another day to be great yet and still, no matter what's going on in your life right now. I want us to come together and I want us to build and I want us to grow and I want us to make sure that we come to the same goal no matter what. We have different views, but we have the same goal, especially if it if, if it involves love. If it involves love, man, we can you already know how I feel about going places we've never been before. So here we go. Today's episode is called Black Collateral. Black Collateral. OK, and um over the past few weeks, I've been conducting case studies. I've, a- I've asked random people. I've asked people that I know personally um, through like Zooms and just meeting random people and just being able to ask them questions. And you'll be surprised at how many people, if you approach them properly, and when I say you approach them properly, just, just come to, you know, with a formal announcement and for a, for- a formal gesture and just, you know, a welcoming message. You know, hey, how you doing? My name is Patrick, you know, and I'm, I'm conducting a study seeing on how uh, parents talk to their kids. And I pose that question to them. And you'll be surprised at me, you know, how many people will actually take you upon whatever you're talking about. Just if you approach them correctly. Think about how many different aspects of your life if you were just approached correctly or, you, you know, just felt that it should have been done or could have been done in a different way. You might have been more um, inclined to go with what's in front of you. So I conduct these studies. And one thing that I had I wanted to know was that how some people who don't look like me have not necessarily an advantage, but just a better understanding and concept of how life is going for them or how it should go. And one study that I, that I conducted, it was eight out of 10 people and it was people who don't look like me. So there was a mixture of people. But the the way that we're perceived and I mean black people, the way we are, we are perceived we are perceived in many, many, many different areas of life that people can just pinpoint and want to go straight to entertainment because that always seems like that's the number one thing that black people are good for, and that's for entertaining people. And that's a natural gift that we just have. I mean, that's just what it is. But I, there's so much more uh, than what you just see on the surface of what we can bring to the table. But eight out of ten, so that's eight out of the ten people uh, – they know that they have either an advantage or how just they view life against how, you know, they, they deal with black people. And one of the conversations came up about, you know, how we don't have land. And land was like, you know, I'm like, man, you know, when I think about that, I hear stories about how my grandfather and my great grandfather, you know, they had, how they had land and, you know, how they even came into getting that land and how certain situations like even people who don't look like them may have taken land away from them or, you know, so many different things happen. So they were used as collateral in many different areas of life, especially back in the day. So, and when I say back in the day, we're talking about, you know, the 1800, you know, the slavery, but I, I think some people don't think, uh, they think that slavery started, it was just black people and it was just slavery. It was like, no, we were doing plenty of things, pyramids, et cetera. It's like, there were many other different things that were happening before the American, you know, history story of it so i just want to give you just a little context of where i'm going with this so i I called it black collateral 
because I, I, I want to understand. I want people who look like me to understand how we can really come together and how we must how we probably been pitted against each other when we know. No, actually, when we don't know that it's actually happening. So it looks like a systemic problem. So let's just go for the, the definition of collateral. Collateral is something pledged as security for repayment of a loan to be forfeited in the event of default. In the event of default. So I saw this post from a friend of mine and he posted something about how companies have it had advanced off the backs of black people. And it, it, it triggered me because I, I, I saw this post once before. Um, but it had more names to it this time around. And when you just go back and you actually look up some of these things, like it, there was something saying like J.P. Morgan Chase accepted like 13,000 slaves over a course of time from like 1865 and, you know, before as like collateral. And over that time frame, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, like, you know, over 1,200 owners defaulted. So when they defaulted, the bank now owns the black people. So they look, they use them as the collateral. So when we go back to that whole thing, remember I was saying about, you know, the, the constitution, we all being, uh, the declaration of independence and we all created equal, but the constitution was just like, yeah, but we own people. That's kind of like what that is. So a lot of times things were taken away from you and you were always used as collateral, whether it was against your will or not. So even when you use it as an adjective, it's like you saying like collateral can be something descended from the same stock, but by a different line. So we, we can be made by the same God, but down here, I'm, you must get behind me instead of next to me. But if we were situated side by side, we were parallel. That's like a collateral vein. You look at your hand, you look at your arm. All your veins come together. They don't know what's the color on the outside. They just know that they come together on the inside. That's what's most important. So if your body knows how to come together, we should understand that we can probably come together on the outside as well, but we must fix what's on going on on the inside, on, how, on what we put inside of our bodies to make us think outside of the box. Most of us want to think outside of the box, but you're too afraid. I was one of those people. I was too afraid. I didn't want to be, I wanted to be more, but I wanted to fit inside a mold that just didn't fit me. So I started treating my body better. You know, you, you know, I only had to go into the story about, you know, the colonoscopy, you know, and the colostomy bag and all that type of thing because it didn't happen. But I prayed about it. I cried about it. I asked God to just remove those things from me. So once I removed those those foods, those bad foods that I was eating, that I was eating, my life started changing. Things started shifting. My mindset started going into a different path, on a different path. Everything started working in my favor, and I'm just like, yo, I feel like a change coming. I feel something special happening. And that's kind of like what it, what it was. So I want to break up a lot of misconceptions on what's been said and what we can learn from going from here. Now, I use that analogy about how um, in the previous seasons when I say that I don't think pigs are disgusting, right? And people say, well, Pat, man, you know, I know we know you, you're vegan, you don't, you don't eat pork and all that. It's like, yeah, I, I get that. 
But think about this for a second, right? If you, as a black person, you give up the collateral, how much, how much collateral do you give up to anxiety? How much collateral do you give up to depression? How much collateral do you give up to just everyday life, right? And when you're being taken from where your initial thought process begins every day, you're being shredded before you can even start mentally. You're already gone. That's kind of like how I keep viewing the pig, right? I'm going to get to this. And so it's like I, I view the pig this way because here it is. The pig is stressed. The pig is anxious. The pig has been taken from somewhere that he originally stayed. But since he's profitable, since he's profitable, I'm going to take this pig from where he resides, put him where I want him to stay, and name him the nastiest, filthiest animal on the planet. Think about that for a second. It's the reason why I don't eat meat, right? I, but I, I get that. But it, it's deeper than that. So it's like being taken from where you live and placed into a project to see how you react, especially when you're pitted against your own, right? It's like the pig. You got other pigs around them. So how much collateral are we willing to give up? Think about that. I say it when I use the pig as the analogy. is because the pig is a part of the hippopotamus family, right? You don't view a hippopotamus the same way you view a pig. But if you put that pig back out in the wild with his cousins, he will act like his cousins. He'll be actually probably a little bit better and more swifter than his cousin because then they can grow together and have their communities together because they're not only like-minded people. They look alike, they act alike, but they breed alike. And they breed more that look like what they are. And that's just with the collateral they didn't they decided not to give up because they wanted to invest in themselves because if you think about that think about where the black people have been placed you've been placed into a project you've been placed somewhere you've been stripped of your name stripped of what you've been told strength of what like what you thought you knew but you're being placed into a project to see how you react and when you're pitted against the people that look like you but then yet and still people will look back and sit and then they depict what's wrong with you when all in all the problem is systemic we're just like the pigs. We, we've been taken from where we resided and put into a barn named a project, pit us against each other, and now you got the same story going over and over and over again. So we're giving up all the collateral, all of the masters. Think about how many artists don't even own their masters. Like, how much collateral do you give up? You get paid to get quiet. So in certain in different ways, it's like, no, you must stay on message. You have to stay on message when it's, we want you to depict your own. We, we want you to depict your people as the worst people on the planet. You make others' jobs easier when they can disband you and put you apart. The one thing about black people, and that's one thing is for certain, is that they provide security, regardless of how you feel like it. That means from work, skills, and saving. That's how a lot of businesses got started. That's how you had a lot of entrepreneurs back in the 1800s, 17. You actually had those things. Like History doesn't necessarily want to depict those things because it looks too good in certain areas. I'm not saying everyone. Everyone's not like that. But if, you're not, if you don't actually stand up for what's going on, then you just get an advantage of what you are just used to. That's the type of privilege that, that, that you have. And it's just, and a lot of times I think about 
people with economic skills tend to advance even without political power because that's one thing that the Asians did in Malaysia. I said that before. Like, if you go back and you just look at those things, the one thing that they did is they, they worked, they had skills, and they saved. And they always out-earned the Malays who oppressed them in the first place. So if you think about you mean how the black dollar is spent, that's $1.3 trillion a year. That's more than some country GDP if you just add it up on that worst days. If you came together, just like how the Jewish people came together in the 19th century when it came to making movies and, 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 and controlling monopolies and casinos, like they hired each other because other people didn't want to hire them. So they, they kept the band together and then they built other entities and now they just keep on flourishing. That's just exactly what it is. It, it's, it's a domino effect. And it's a, it's, I want to say a monopoly, but you can't knock it. You must learn it. And we must heal from where we're at because we, you gave up so much collateral that you don't even know. It's like people didn't even understand that black people had to pay to vote, right? And then even when that rule got changed and they said, okay, well, you had to have a, uh, your grandfather had to be able to vote. If you were just freed as a slave, you're a first generational slave, you're just, and you're, you're just now free, my grandfather couldn't vote. Was the grandfather clause. You see what I'm saying? Like these, like it's so many different things that 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 go into why I'm so passionate about wanting to change what's going on in front of me right now. There are men who look like me who are my age that have literacy problems. I want to help change those things. We gave up that type of collateral because people aren't reading things. Because one thing that I saw before is saying if you want to hide information, you put it into a book. And how many books <laughs> go unread? We have to like come together because right now, right now is a vital time and it's very, very important for us to come together. We, we gave up so, so many different collaterals like we give up too much to not get anything in return. And now that's one thing I love about the new generation, the, the latest generation. I would say even my age and down because we don't necessarily just take the the easy way out the the nose or you can't do that it has to be this right now like everything doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be that way and when i think about how we go about life and how we compare everything and if you aren't doing what the next person is doing don't don't dare compare yourself to them because you aren't doing what they're doing to succeed if you want a bigger house and you know it costs more, you want a bigger, you want a nicer car, but you're not putting forth the effort to make those type of things happen. So you get your, you get yourself upset because of what you see on social media. Stay in your own lane. Like you have to be able to stay in your own lane. You focus on yourself, focus on what's going on with you. Then you can go ahead and just make yourself happy. Still, that's about that self-love. Love yourself enough to make yourself happy. Therefore, you don't need to go impress people that don't like you in the first place. They don't, they don't even like you in the first place. So it's like, you know, we have to break that, that, that old image of you just have to do better than the next person. Like, no, just make sure you're better than yourself. I'm only in competition with myself. I want to make sure that I'm a better person every single day. And that's it. I don't want to try to make sure I'm out doing the next person because now I'm paying too much attention to what you're doing. I'm not focusing on my goals. I must focus what's going on on my goals in order to take my family to the next level, to take the next person to the next level. I told you I want to have that elevated mindset. 
and I want to have that cafeteria mindset. I want everyone to win. That cafeteria mindset means that you could be in the same room with me. You don't have to be at the same table, but you could be in the same room and we still eating together. That's that's where I want us to come together. I want us to come together like in those type of ways because there are so many different ways how we've been pitted against each other that you don't even give each other a chance. Like we got to give each other a chance, man. Like I said, there are guys who are my age right now, like they're reading at third and fourth grade levels. And it's just like that's I'm not even going to just say it's unacceptable. But there are just so many different broken uh, areas in life that we don't talk about. We, we don't even touch the surface on these things because people are uncomfortable. But in certain times, you have to make yourself uncomfortable. You have to have to you have to have to, you have to have these conversations with yourself. You have to have conversations with the ones you love. And I want to always make sure you incorporate meditation. I incorporated that for numerous reasons. I am finally able to talk to my former self in order to move forth where I'm trying to go now. And that's big for me. Um, Meditation is one of the greatest things that I've ever come across. And shout out to Sheila Marie. Like, go download her mixtape. Like, her her meditation mixtape is just amazing. That was the first um, meditation mixtape I had ever listened to. And it's called a meditation mixtape, but that was one of the first meditation albums I ever listened to. I had never listened to a meditation album. I thought you, all, all these rules to it. And there aren't, there aren't rules. There are just preferences on what you like when you do it. Like success. Success looks different for everybody. It's not the same. So don't compare your life to someone else's. It's, it's going to be a different way. So meditation gives me the way <clears throat> to talk to my former self. And it's, that's very important. Because when I go back and I can talk to seven-year-old Patrick, I can talk to eight-year-old Patrick, there were questions that I even wanted to know within myself. Like, why did I give up on my dreams? Why did I give up doing acting? Why did I Why did I get away from that? Why did I try to get away from being a, a personality? Like, that was the thing about anxiety, fear, depression. You know, and, and when you don't control your mindset, you allow depression and anxiety to come right into your house and now it affects where you sit. So now you're in your family room. You feel depressed. You feel anxious. You go in your room. Now your room is depressing you. So now all these sicknesses are touching every room that you go into your house. And if you're not cleansing your house, you're not cleaning it, you're not cleaning those those bad energy that that bad those bad vibes out. You're going to keep welcoming that depression and now it's living rent free, not only in your mind, but now it's living rent free in your house. So no matter where you go, mentally, physically, emotionally, you're going to be dealing with that as long as you don't control your mindset, you know, and and it's real. Like, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help provide insight on these type of things, because people who look like me don't talk about these things. And people in general are uncomfortable about talking about these things. But I, I look at the way that the, the the game has been set. It's just people who look like me, it's, it's been rigged. But yet and still, they, we're still trying to move forward and still come together. 
I'm trying to build my collateral. It's very important to me to make sure that people who look like me, we where the voices are louder in the room now. It's much stronger now. There, there's, there's room for improvement. No matter what you do, it's always important to want to improve what you're doing. So, I just, I, I, I feel, I felt good about that, and, and, and I didn't want it to be like this whole controversial thing. It's really about where we're going, where we're at. And it's about the past. You know, the more you know about your past, the more that you can better your future. It's just the more you know. You have to, you know, I don't say you have to because you don't have to know about, about your past. But it's very important. It's vital to know about those things. It shapes the narrative going forward. So, yeah. I love you guys. This is also being recorded on Facebook Live still. Um, and I, you know, I said I was going to be doing that all this season. I was going to be recording the show on Facebook Live. So and then I'll be also be putting these up on the website. So this this is my I don't want to say my last show because <laughs> it's not the last show, but this is the last show as a two parent dad. What yeah. <laughs> I wanna say something like that. Yeah. So my I will be I will know what we're having on Tuesday. So coming up we have what five days. Today is the twelfth. So in five days, I will know if I have a prince or a princess coming home next week. So that that is big to me. I am very excited about that. Um, to bring a baby into this world is a precious thing, and I don't take it for granted whatsoever. And uh, I'm very appreciative of the entire process. I thank God for being on, my, on our side and just want to welcome a healthy baby in this world. So with that being said, guys, know that I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Love.